everybody, my name is Pete Roquet. I'm the director of code enforcement for Four Leaf. Uh, we're here today uh, doing a live segment uh, with the ICC Board of Director uh, David Spencer. He is uh, a director at large. Um, he's here. He's uh, in, he's in his vehicle. He's doing an inspection. He's always uh, taking the time to work with uh, people like myself and. Uh, just spreading the word of code enforcement out there, um, promoting the International Code Council, and just being an awesome, great guy who loves baseball, kind of like I do. If you see my hats back there, and uh, he just loves baseball. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, David, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, and uh, you know, and uh, talk about your role in ICC? Yeah. So, obviously, David Spencer, ICC Board of Directors, been on the director. Uh, board of Directors for four years, currently up for re-election this year. Um, does take a lot of time, a lot of volunteer effort, um, but it is something that when you're passionate about and you care about the industry and those in the industry, the members, those kinds of things, um, it's it's enjoyable. So uh, currently I serve in an operations role, um, helping a lot of jurisdictions meet their needs, um, building inspections, plan review, sometimes code compliance issues, things like that. I've been in the building industry my entire life. I was actually born into it almost. My dad started his construction company when I was five. In my early 30s, I decided uh, before I uh, needed to be rebuilt like you know Iron Man, then I uh, should do something different. And I decided that I wanted to get into code compliance. Um, I always felt I was... As a young man, I was kind of, it was interesting. I People ask me, what got you into this? I say two things. One was I really wanted to know and understand what it is that was being asked of me. Um, two, a lot of times I thought that they were making it up. Um, a lot of times. Well, I found out after I got into it that uh, only about 5% of them, maybe. <laughs> so I really took that to heart and used it. Is you know I use presentation right, so it's all about how you interact with people. I think. Yeah, and one of one of the things that you know, I, I love about you, David, in particular, is you outreach a lot. You know, and you as uh, being a board of director, um, it's easy to get a hold of you. Um, you know, just talk to you about ICC stuff, and you're one of the biggest um, you know board of directors that supports code enforcement. There's a there's a there's a lot of you guys that support code enforcement, but you in particular, I reach out every time I have a question, you always, you know, I pick up the phone and you answer and, you know, we kind of shoot the breeze a little bit and, and it's, it's just great stuff. And I really appreciate uh, what you do for uh, the members at ICC. I, you know, I, I hats off to you. You know, I know it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of even more time to, you know, personally touch uh, some of the members that reach out to you. So I really appreciate that a lot. You know, so um, so you, you you stated that you started uh you know construction early off you know in your in, in your career. So what 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 was the first um what what was the first before we get into how you got into like the government role? How did you actually you know transition over from being a just a you know a hammer wielder to an actual you know inspector? Hello. Did I lose you? Hey, David? Hold on. Let me see. Hey, David? 
Hey, we have Andre Brown saying good morning. Let me see. So, you know, I had applied for in the grid. I had applied. Oh, can you hear me? Can yeah, you, hear you, me? you keep freezing on me. Am I there? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, I yeah. hope not. Uh-oh. Yeah, I, I can hear you. And it, and oh, it happens. Can you hear me, technology. Pete? I can hear you. Can you, you hear, hear me? me? I can hear you. No. <laughs> Pete. Hold on. Let me see. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, uh, David. Sorry. I, I can hear you. Right. I can, I can hear you. I can see you. Can you see okay, me? Okay. So, yes, I can hear you. Uh, okay, cool. Okay. So, what got me? No? No? I can, I can hear you, David. I can't can see you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I, I can hear you. Mm -hmm. Can you hear me, Pete? I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, my friend. Um, I wanted to say that what, yeah, I can, I, okay. Can you, so what transitioned me in from this role was, I, okay, okay, I got you. What I really wanted, various codes were, and why things started, you know, reading the, because um, they said it, um, but I found that if you didn't have certifications, that it recount. Um, so I was certification, as fortunate enough to get a job as an engineer. Um, and during that time, I need to try and grow and develop. Every time I was faced with the challenge of, hey, I'd like to do this, they'd say, well, that's not in the job description, or you don't have that certification. So I would go out and really study to get that and to make those certifications and always look up opportunities and mentors that would help me along the way. And I've had a lot of mentors that have helped me. So one of, one of the things, you know, you in, in, a, in the ICC leadership role, do you, do you, um, do you see yourself taking on a lot of these mentees? Do you see a lot of these stars in the making, uh, you know, as, as far as, you know, you being in your current role? Yeah, actually, I do. I think one of the things that the ICC that ICC does is they've got a board of directors and the board shadow program. Um, I've had a couple of board shadows that I've taken with me. Um, one of them has become building official in Washington, and probably honestly would have become a building official without. But in my local chapter, the Washington Association of Building Officials, I noticed the the young man noticed his ambition, his drive, and he was my first shadow. And I've taken other shadows. This year, I'm actually taking um, a permit tech from the Washington Association of Permit Techs because I also think it's important to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to get recognized. And I'm really proud and happy that I'm tech because sometimes we, we look at the building official or the plans examiner, and we don't see the other things. No, and, and, and I see, um, you know, and working with ICC on some of their, you know, some of the projects, I see, you know, a lot of people forget we have the permit techs, we have the uh, engineers, we have code enforcement, we have the building officials. I mean, there's so many pathways for uh, for code for code officials just to, 
you know, just to promote and, you know, just uh, being a, a building official. It, it isn't always just, a, you know, a inspector that kind of move up the ranks. Sometimes it could have been an engineer, sometimes a permit tech. You know, I've even seen a code officer become a building official. So, I mean, there's so many routes that somebody can take, you know, and there's so many opportunities, especially going through all the ICC, you know, leadership programs and uh, the board shadow. Um, you know, I know I know my good friend Cecilia participated in a board shadow a couple of years ago. And, you know, and look, look at her. She's now the assistant uh, building official in another star in the making. And, you know, and, and you know, she she and. And one thing that about mentorship that I really see that's so important is like, you know, people don't realize that when you start, you know, uh, thinking and being around, you know, some of those professionals, you start thinking like them, you know, and so your goals get a little bit bigger, your ambitions get bigger, because, you know, if, if that person can make it, it gives you hope to say, hey, if I work hard, too, I can make it, too. And it's such a great feeling to to know that that exists out there. And there's folks like you. And the other board members that have these shadows that are able to provide these opportunities and, you know, grateful for ICC to do that kind of have those kind of programs, you know. So and, and it's also good to kind of get familiarized with your your news, you know, your potential rising stars in, in our professions. I mean, it's, it's great stuff, you know. So now. Um, so once you made the, the, the jump over from the, um, you know, from, you know, from from the. I would say the private sector, you know, doing construction to what can you tell us a little bit about your first role in uh, government? Yeah, my first role in government was being a building inspector and code enforcement officer. And I worked for the city of Chelan and it was it was very interesting because building came easy to me, but I really had to learn about code compliance and learn about you know, various municipal codes, right? And every jurisdiction has what I would say, the things that they perceive as important to them. And it's really based upon cultural things. It's based on political things. And you start to learn those things. And sometimes you, I would say you scratch your head and you don't understand why they do things a certain way, but they do them. And, and sometimes they're, they're really based upon a long history of things, why the city is where it is. So I did that. Um, and then eventually I got to uh, go back to my hometown, my county that I grew up in. And I got to work there for two years as a building inspector, code enforcement officer, plans examiner. And then the economy hit and I found myself employed for the first time time for about eight months and really contemplated what did I want to do? Did I want to go back to the private sector or stay in municipal government? And I was fortunate enough to uh, get a building officials role in a very, very efficient town out on the West coast called Westport and three or four years there, um, continuing to develop my skills really where I was and got to know people that had been involved organization a long time. And I would say with seeing it, um, some of those people became my mentors and saw things in me and kind of took an interest in me. And that really set me on my path to not only future jobs that I've gone through and taken, um, but eventually leading to the directors. I had a, a guy, John Darna, now retired. He was the building official in a city called Tumwa. He had been on the board. He had been from one of the 
legacy organizations. Um, and he took an interest in me and I think he saw some potential in me that maybe I didn't even realize in myself at the time. And that's always a great feeling, you know, when somebody takes interest in you and, you know, um, you know, one of the reasons why we do these shows is, you know, a lot of times we get the same people that tune in and follow what we're, what we're doing and they, they get inspired and they start doing the same thing. And it's, it's just a great feeling to watch people grow. I mean, um, you know, and so going back to your particular story, you know, I, I remember in 2008, the, when the economy hit for us really bad, you know, um, you know, a lot of us found ourselves in that, that unemployment thing. And, you know, um, for those folks that are, you know, have, are going through that because of COVID, I mean, what, what was something that, you know, made you kind of, kind of barrel through and say, Hey, you know what, I need to get back into the, into this, uh, profession because, you know, being laid off, I've been laid off before. And it's one of those feelings that it's like the worst feeling because, you know, you feel like, oh, well, I wasn't, I wasn't good enough or I wasn't, uh, I was just too expendable, you know, and it, it was all about me. But it, we really, a lot of times don't look at like, the circumstances that, you know, like the housing market crash or whatever. So how did you overcome something like that? Uh, what I really did was I decided if I was going to continue in this career and it was going to be something that I wanted to do because I was passionate about it. But if I really wanted to do it, then I needed to find ways to improve myself, work on certifications, work on expanding my outreach of the people that I know um, that can help you with resources, things of that nature. And I really honestly, truly set myself personally, I gave myself a personal goal that I was going to do the best that I could do within the what I could control to to try and ensure that that never happened again. And so, so I really took an investment in myself and my career and the profession overall. And to, I guess to, for myself, to give myself a little security of, I'm going to do the best I can to ensure that this never personally happens to me again, which I know I can't control. Um, it really set me on a career path and a destiny to accomplish some of the things that I've accomplished. Awesome. And, and, you know, for many of us that have gone through it, you know, um, uh, you know, again, Cecilia talked about how she got laid off during that time as well. And it's one of those, um, I would say, soul crushing experiences sometimes. It's just that, you know, I, I remember, you know, when I, when I, I was laid off, I sat on my couch and for a week, just kind of like not crying, but just taking self pity. And, and, you know, when, when we um, in the jurisdiction that we kind of came on wh where I was, um, you know, they gave us an option to find ways to make cuts. But what we actually did is found ways to um, raise revenue and do cost recovery. And, you know, one of the things that I do now as a code, uh, you know, as a code official, code manager, you know, I, I tend to say, hey, I never want this to happen to me or anybody else. I know that feeling. And, and you know, we have to do to we just have to show that we're, we're essential workers, we're you know, we're just that important, you know? So, I mean, if, if we're not here, who's going to ensure these buildings are safe? Who's going to, who, you know, so, you know, who's going to oversee the construction of some of these, uh, you know, big, big buildings. And, and same thing with code enforcement, you know, it can go into a horrible place if, if you don't take care of your city. So, you know, I, I don't ever want anybody to say code enforcement is a luxury, kind of like the pool man, 
we're actually an important component of every single city. Same thing with building of it, you know, of, of course, during any economic crisis, there isn't any, you know, a lot of construction going on, but there's still a need for code compliance and making sure things are built properly. And when code enforcement does go out there and see something wrong, it, you know, encourages people to get permits and then you need a qualified building inspector or building official to go out there and look at these uh, at these uh, structures and to ensure safety. So yes, I a hundred percent get where you're coming from. It, you know, never again. It's one of those things like you you don't want it to happen to you and you don't want it to happen to others because that is one of the worst feelings in the world. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that. And you know what? You just brought back some painful memories, but you know what? We need to share it with the group, <laughs> right? So. Um, you know, so tell us, um, when did you get onto the ICC board and how, how, how was, how did you uh, decide saying, Hey, you know what, I'm going to get on this board and, and then we'll talk about some other stuff. So, yeah. So, um, like I said, uh, a mentor of mine, John Darnell, he, he said, Hey, you should go to some code hearings. You should learn. And so it was more to start with getting involved in code development and, I really, I really like code development, trying to understand how the codes are made, how they come to be, or as they say in the code world, how the sausage is made. You know, that's what that's kind of a thing. How is the sausage made? And being there, being involved, getting to know people, seeing what went on, I guess, you know, the board of directors being up there, presentations. And so over time, I just kind of started learning and I then got involved in examine testing you know i kind of okay now and i learned a lot of things i i will tell you um i was on the property maintenance and zoning inspector exam i was the only building official and i learned more from i believe the p the rest of the people on the committee than myself there i were all zoning and code compliance people and i will tell you they're some smart people and i learned more from them than i think that they ever learned from me um but being involved in that, then other people got to know me. And then I was involved in what um, it's called government relations in Washington. We have a lobbyist that helps us with various things that are important to the building, the code compliance industry. Um, I was the liaison. I worked with our lobbyists, things of that nature. And the Washington Association of Building Officials in 2015 recognized me as code official of the year. And during that presentation, what I didn't, I, at the time, didn't really fathom it all, but Guy Tumberland from Virginia was the was the um, president of ICC, and he had come out in the year that I had won that, and I got to meet him, got to talk to him, truthfully and honestly, um, a year or so before that, I got to just go on a fishing trip randomly with uh, Cashel Chevy, who at that time was the president the year before. So those kinds of things, I just... I call it to some degree luck, call it some degree people knowing me, asking me to come along, had an interest in me, all of those things, people mentoring me, recognizing me, put me in certain situations that then other people said, hey, Dave, have you thought about? And it was, you know, board of director stuff. And truthfully and honestly, it was about a five-year process of understanding it, getting to know it, getting to know the people, getting to understand the inner workings of what it would be to be on that board. And then 
um, I decided to run, went and talked to my wife, made sure it was okay. And cause it is a lot of volunteer time. And she said, yes. And I ran and I was fortunate enough to be elected in my first attempt at running, which is something typically that is rare in the historical in the organization. Usually you run, um, you're not successful the first time and people come back a second time. And I was uh, fortunate enough to be elected a first time and to a full three-year term, not a partial term. So I was uh, very humbled by that and have been working hard ever since. You know, and be, people don't realize how much time it, uh, boards take. And, you know, even running on some of these boards, you know, being on the committees and volunteering, I mean, and getting to know the inner workings, that's, that puts you at a great advantage because you get to know who some of the, the uh, you know, the players are, you know, and how, what, how the, so I, I would say how the gears kind of move. And, you know, a lot of times you kind of have to like learn that stuff. Because, you know, if, if you go in there saying, hey, I'm going to change this, I'm going to change that, you're in a world of, uh, you know, a uh, quick realization that it's hard to facilitate change in some of these organizations. And, you know, you, you mentioned how you met this person from Virginia and, you know, other states. And 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 it's and it's funny because when you go from your local chapter to a national to a state network to a national network and you start seeing how small the world is. You know how everybody's kind of connected. I'm like, hey, you know, David Spencer. Hey, I know David Spencer. And, it, you know, just kind of it, it's just so crazy. And, you know, the other thing to consider is, you know, uh, when you join these uh, when you're joining these boards, um, you know, there's a lot of travel involved. You know, sometimes, you you know, for for the American Association, you know, we, we of code enforcement, you know, this year it's in Glendale, Arizona. So I have to be in Glendale, Arizona. If we're, if we're working with the standards and codes Academy, we're going to Kansas or we're going to, you know, Florida, that's time away from that family, time away from work. And people forget about the commitment at work, you know? So you have to have that support of your local jurisdiction to say, Hey, this is so, so important that we do this. And, you know, and you, unfortunately, you do have some jurisdictions that don't really realize the magnitude of your contributions to the organization, because what, what the decisions that you're making today really affect, every, like, you know, all the building officials, you know, across the U.S. That's a big responsibility. And, you know, then five years to get there to be able to make those decisions is not is not an easy task. So I commend you, sir. It's awesome. You do awesome Awesome work. And let me see, we have somebody here saying that you are running for re-election. And yes, uh, and you know, one of you're like I said, you're one of the folks that are constantly answering your phone when we call. I love it. You know, that's something that I think board members, any board members, if you're sitting on your local, state, or regional or international chapters, you should always pick up the phone for your for your network. I mean, that's important. And you do that. I've never had a thing, even if you didn't answer your phone, you call me back or you send me a text. I'm like, hey, how's it going? And, uh, you know, even even agreeing to come on here, I called you, what, like a couple of days ago? <laughs> Say, David, can you come on? So it, it, it's it, it's awesome, you know. So I, I really appreciate this. And, you know, one of the, one of the things that that we like to do on this show is, you know, to talk about these things. And you coming from the ICC Board of Directors, that's a very – prominent and very you know it's a very prominent position and you know for for you to take the time and you know say hey you know this is a code group uh, let me talk to the code group if we have questions and we have people in the audience here and if anybody has any questions feel free you know you have a you have a board of director here um that that uh, 
Oh, look. Cecilia made a hashtag. Vote for David. <laughs> Let me see. Let's see. Where David is an amazing mentor. Yes, you are, sir. And, you know, I, I, I can say, you know, uh, with all sincerity, it's like I really appreciate folks like yourself. You know, um, we have a lot of board members that we, we can talk to and, and you're, you're, you're always present and accounted for. And we appreciate that, you know. So uh, so now can you tell us a little bit um, what it's like to be on the board? Um, I can tell you, honestly, it's like it's like a halftime job. You know, um, we we meet pretty regularly. We get various things that um, we have to look at. We have to make decisions on. Um, there's a lot of things that we talk about membership wise, you know, where is the organization going? Obviously some things that I think that some don't realize is there's some things that we do do that we do in an executive session, you know, um, conversations with the CEO, Dominic Sims, um, financial considerations, things like that. And I think that, um, the membership doesn't necessarily realize and they, they kind of want to know all those things, but there are certain things, you know, just like in a jurisdiction, you're, you're, you go to talk to your boss about certain things, you just, you shut the door, right? Because it's, it's not for everybody to hear and you've got to make certain decisions. So I think that's um, maybe what the average member probably doesn't realize is not everything that we do is in the public eye, even though we are a nonprofit. Um, and we are, we are the premier writing code body. And we do a lot of things that we talk about that everybody gets to hear. Um, but I would say that probably the hardest thing for some members to maybe realize too is is that um, board meetings are not always in a location where members can attend, right? But you got to get eighteen board members together, and that's a that's a pretty big feat for what I call it's it's interesting. Um, a lot of times it's they say uh, ICC staff, and that's because you got to identify well who works for ICC, who works under Dominic. But I really call it ICC team because they are all team members. We're, we're the board, Dominic's the CEO, and everyone that works for ICC is part of the ICC team. And I would say to put it together, to get 18 board members together, to have a meeting, to bring the, the relevant um, high-level uh, members, John Belsick, who does the uh, financial, he's the CEO, CFO, um, to bring Whitney Dahl, who's, you know, vice president of communications, um, our legal counsel, Mel Anshu, all of those together. That's a pretty big feat. And it takes somebody who's organized and bringing it all together, making sure we can all get there, whether it's a flight or whatever it may be. Um, for example, I uh, could, couldn't help it, but uh, the radio didn't work on the plane in our last board meeting. And we had to fly to a board meeting and I had to text everybody and said, hey, I'm not going to get there till midnight. I hope to see you in the morning if something doesn't happen. And I landed seriously at midnight and I was up at <laughs> six 30 and was at breakfast at seven 30 for the board meeting. And it was a nine hour board meeting. And, and, and it happens and people forget sometimes you have these layovers, <laughs> you know, especially if it's uh, one of those meetings, uh, it, it, it's tough and finding accommodations and, you know, people forget that sometimes, you know, it could, it could get expensive. I mean, the boards only cover a certain amount, and the rest actually comes out of your pocket sometimes. And, and it, it can get expensive being, you know, volunteering gets expensive sometimes, but you know, it's a lot of times it's for the greater good. And we did have a question. Um, so how has your journey contributed to, to you paying it forward? Well, like I said, I, um, well, I've always been a person who can, who can talk to people. My wife says I could make friends with a rock. Um, so I've always been outgoing, but, 
like I said, like I said, I saw that people took an interest in me for whatever reason. Maybe it was because I was passionate. Maybe it was because I was confident. Maybe it was because I work hard, whatever that was, they took an interest in me. And when I got to the board of directors, um, I would say the average member probably thinks, well, that person up there on the board of directors, how do I, how do I approach them? How do I talk to them? And I always say, Hey, I'm just Dave. I, I, I'm just Dave. That's something that I do. It's a title that I'm given. But I'm just David Spencer. I'm a member just like everybody else. And I've really always made sure that I try and give back more than I've ever received or that people have given to me. Because I think that's the only way that that individual out there that maybe doesn't know what their path may be yet, knows what their path is, but doesn't know how to get there. They just need somebody to let them know. And I'm truthfully and honestly, somebody let me know and somebody said, hey, have you thought about and it planted a seed in me. And so never forget the mentors um, and the individuals that have helped you on the way to your success and give back more than you've ever been given. It's my motto. Yeah. And, and, and you know, one of the things that I see in a lot of, you know, in, in mentoring folks, you know, it, it's funny because when I, I remember when I first uh, I like ended up talking to you. There's always a level of starstruckness because you're like, oh wow, he sits on the board, and you know now it's like, hey Dave, <laughs> you're just a normal guy, and that's happened to me before too, where somebody's like, oh I I see you on LinkedIn all the time, I see you on Facebook, oh it's a pleasure meeting you, and I'm like, it's 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 one of those feelings where it's kind of like, thank you, but you're like, there's it's not a big deal, you know, so you're kind of like humble, but it's 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 flattering, but it's not flattering, you know, but. Um, you know, and, and, and I want everybody to know like David's one of these most approachable guys ever. You know I mean? He's just approachable. You know, I, I think, um, you know, I, 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 he looks like the guy that I'm, I'm like, I forgot my little key code at the grocery store. Hey, can I use your, your bonds club uh, number? He's like, sure. <laughs> That's what you, you know, you're one of those guys. You're just like, okay, cool. You know? Um, so I really appreciate, you know, I really appreciate, you know, the time that you're giving us, you know, uh, we do have, uh, we did have a couple questions. Um, we, I am a big supporter of you, David. And, you know, for all people that follow me on LinkedIn, this is, this is one of the guys I really, really appreciate on the ICC board. And, you know, I, you have my personal full support, you know, and, and, you know, um, I belong to the, um, the code enforcement chapter. We, you know, we, you reached out, you know, we, you know, from, from uh, from my personal, I have no problems in supporting you. I, from the code enforcement chapter for uh, in California for the code enforcement chapter, you know, you've been one of these um, board members that we can reach out to, and that's so important. You know, um, especially you know, uh, you know, you you were one of the folks that um, that we and when I asked you about chapters, you actually answered the phone, and you know, we we pushed our code enforcement chapter, the first code enforcement chapter in California for code enforcement, we pushed it out and, you know, COVID kind of like sidelined us a little bit, but we're back in full motion and you'll see a lot of us, you know, you'll start seeing the, the marketing, the videos and all the good stuff. And, you know, we're going to have training. We're doing our first live training in September. So that's awesome. Uh, let me see. And um, other than that, um, you know, thank you for being on our show today and we really appreciate your time and, you know, anything you'd like uh, to tell our followers and our audience. 
to be truthful and honest with you, Pete, it's, um, it's very humbling, you know, um, to receive the support. Um, I'm very grateful and I, and I truly do mean that. Um, I just, I really love what I do and I do love sharing. I think, you know, um, some people say, you know, knowledge is power. And I say, well, knowledge is power in that it helps you be what you want to be and be the best that you can be. Not that it's power in that you get to influence people. But I also said, just because I may know something, um, if I don't share it with someone or I don't share that knowledge, what am I really doing? The knowledge is, the knowledge is lost and it's really not me. Um, somebody gave it to me. Right. I learned it from somebody or I learned it by taking a class or an experience and sharing that makes us all better. Uh, and that's really what we all do. We all care about our job. We all care about being passionate in what we do. And we all spend different roles. Um, it's interesting. I, uh, I say in one of building departments as beneficial co-compliance, whatever it may be. Um, I say we're all part of the community economic development success of where we are. Um, planning plays a role, building code plays a role, code compliance, code enforcement plays a role. It all is part of the economic viability. Uh, and when you really care about the community that you work for and the role that you play, um, you're always looking for ways for people to succeed in their dreams or their goals, which is, you know, build a house or whatever that may be. A lot of people maybe don't realize that an individual's home is probably the largest investment they may ever make in their entire life. So yes, the codes are very important. Yes, we need to follow them. Um, but don't use them as a hammer, as an obstructionist, use them to help individuals realize their dreams and their goals. And it's amazing. I have had people come back to me later and be very, very grateful for things. Um, I've had individuals who I would say, um, call it the wrestling match that, you know, over, we got to do this, we got to do that. But at the end of the day, always was respectful with them. And they knew that even though we may not agree on the things that we need to do, they knew they could call me and I would give them the straight answer. The, the, the answer may not always be the one they're looking for, but at least I was honest and truthful with them. Never deceitful, never vindictive, never in, in that way. And it's, and it's one of those things. And I, and I love your approach to this. It's, and like you said earlier, it's how you communicate with people, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, to be a successful code officer or successful building uh, inspector, you need to be able to communicate and relay the information on why you're doing what you're doing, not just be punitive. like, Hey, that's 11, you know, 11 and a half inches away from the screws. Not, it doesn't meet the thumb. Okay. Come on, guy. The house is not going to fall apart, you know, but you know, um, and, and, and a lot of times, you know, even the, the code compliance, you as a building official, when you have code compliance uh, under you, a lot of times you get like, oh, this guy was such a jerk. And, you know, you get those calls and it's uh, those, you know, nobody loves those calls. Code enforcement is one of those, um, those, uh, that division that just, you know, when I go to the League of Cities or I talk to city managers or council members, they're like, well, code enforcement is too harsh. And then some of them say code enforcement doesn't do anything. So you, you, you never get a, like that perfect uh, the perfect mix, but you know, the way that code enforcement approaches folks and if they're communicative and, you know, they, they explain things, you know, not a simple door knock and talking to people just like me and you are having our conversation, you know, we can get a lot out of this coming. I mean, uh, we've been talking for like the last 35 minutes, you know, it just kind of flew by. 
And, you know, I, I can sit there and talk to somebody. I mean, I don't always make it a goal to talk to somebody for 35 minutes about the trash can. But if I can educate them in, in about like five minutes on the importance of taking your trash cans in or not leaving debris out in the uh, dirt, it, it, it pays dividends because, you know what, not only are you educating them, like you said, knowledge is power. And you're also creating a community com camaraderie, you know, where they can, they support you down the road. So when those cuts come, like, you, you know, you say, you know, like, no, code enforcement, actually, we need code enforcement. They're important. We need our building officials. They're important. So, you know, and, and, it, and like you said, the communication's key, you know, and, and I think one of the, one of your strengths that I see is just, you're just a great communicator. And I, I love talking to you and, you know, running ideas off of you and even just here shooting the breeze with you, you know, it's, it's just awesome. You know, it just seems like we're, you know, <laughs> we're just calling each other. So, but thank you. I, I really appreciate the time that you've given us today. You know, and uh, we look forward to seeing you many years on the ICC board. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to support you. And, you know, and, uh, and we I actually will be in Pittsburgh. So hopefully see you there. Uh, we'll go ahead and try to do a live shoot from there. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Stop by. But uh, any, any last words? I would just say um, I will be there as long as the members want me to be there. You know, the members elect the board of directors. Uh, the members are the core of the membership. That's really important to remember. Um, and as long as they want me there um, and I can be on the board, I will do so. And when my time is done, because my time will come to an end, eventually at some point, um, I hope to, that one of the board shadows or other people that maybe I've been able to talk to, mentor, whatever, um, can take can take that place and do a do better than someone else has done. So that's really all that. Succession planning at its best. <laughs> thank you, sir, and everybody. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time uh, when when we we I never announce what we're doing, but <laughs> we'll see you next time. So we we, we have uh, Cecilia saying uh, saying giving you a clap. We have Marco saying thank you for the information. Rachel saying thank you for the greater good. You know, so you have a lot of fans out there, David. So thank you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Bye.